today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Another emotional day of testimony, of course, at Minneapolis uh, with the the trial of uh, Derek Chauvin this, uh, in the killing of uh, George Floyd. And uh, a different context, I guess, uh, as to what we saw yesterday. You know, we've all talked about the video, and, of course, uh, that we all saw. And, and of course, the, the knee on the neck and, and the reaction, not just, of course, on the scene, but, I mean, worldwide after that. Uh, but what happened yesterday is that, as the defense uh, made some, uh, I think, some inroads into this was rather fascinating, but also what the prosecuting attorney did. Joining us to talk about this is uh, Thane Rosenbaum. Of course, Thane is a legal analyst with CBS Radio. Uh, Great to have you back, uh, Thane, for today. A very interesting show yesterday uh, in the courtroom and the presentation that was going on here, and especially by the prosecutor. I mean, we've seen the video of what happened beside the SUV and the way the officer responded to this, but what we got yesterday was what happened inside that store, which which precipitated all this. And, and it, it, was it important at this point for the prosecution t- team to give context to what went on that day? Well, in part, Bill, because the... Uh store clerk lamented what happened right mm-hmm. he's his response is god i just wish i had rejected the money this is all a death over 20 bucks and so you have a sense of should any of this happen given what the crime was itself there's also testimony that the the, the clerk didn't believe that floyd thought it was a counterfeit bill Mm-hmm. So he wasn't even trying to scam them. I mean, again, that is the view of the clerk, but it's he's he's there re- expressing all kinds of regret about all that happened in his store over twenty bucks that he could have simply rejected and a life would have been saved. So yes, we've not seen that again. The context is important because remember the defense strategy is twofold. The first is which is. We're not the cause of the death. His physical ailments, his drug addiction, his respiratory problems, he ended up dying of a respiratory problem, a cardiac arrest, three clogged arteries. Everyone who knows about that sort of things in the world knows you can die from that. And then the second argument is this is a bad dude who was twice the size of everybody else. They're just trying to gain control over him. And in fact, on Chauvin's body camera, you hear him talking to a bystander saying, hey, look, he's out of control and he's a size, he's sizable man. Uh, so look, this is what I've got to do. So the more context about, well, was he really resisting arrest? Did he really commit a crime that would have deserved what we saw yesterday from some of the bot- one body camera is that when they approached him at the car, their guns were out. Why were their guns out? And at that mo- moment when he saw the guns, Floyd looks at them and says, please don't shoot me. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it's not even clear that he was resisting arrest. He was sitting in his car. And so that's the context that I think makes a big difference from yesterday. There's one other important element that I thought that, that I'm sure the jury is going to remember on this too thing, because you've mentioned this to us in, in our previous conversations. The, the whole defense motif here, of course, is that, look, at this guy was not just a, a big dude who had a criminal record, but he was also a guy that, that was, was taking narcotics on a pretty regular basis. And even the store clerk, this uh, young Christopher Martin, who was only 19 years old, uh, the cashier at the time, uh, said that he thought uh, that he was uh, under the influence, shall we say, as he was wandering around the store because he 
was in the store apparently for quite some time, uh, which is maybe one of the reasons why he decided to just accept the bill, although he still suspected that it was it was phony because uh, he didn't want to create any waves. But uh, he, he talked about his mindset and, and the physical activities uh, of Floyd in the store too, which really, I guess, substantiates some of the things the defense is trying to get across to the jury here. Yeah, no doubt, Bill. Their argument is this guy was in a really out-of-control state. He might not have punched us in the more traditional resisting you know, arrest, but he was jacked up, and he was not functioning like a person who could be reasoned with. And because of his over, you know, over the stress level, uh, the fact that when you know police officers in high crime areas, when they're trying to arrest someone who they believe is under the influence of drugs. It only puts them in a very different position to protect themselves and the community and more and as well the defendant, the, 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 the accused. Uh, so, so, yes, that serves that even the people in the store saw what the police saw. They saw a man out of control. And, you know, here in New York City, we've seen examples of this where people either mm-hmm. either mental illness or drug addiction are sort of acting wildly on the street, right? And so you can see the perspective from law enforcement. There's a person wielding a knife. Now, that's not what Floyd had, but they didn't know that. So that's their argument. Their argument, we're trained to go into high-crime neighborhoods, and we see someone out of control like that. We think that he's not just a danger to us, but to the public and to himself. So we've got to get this guy under control. And that's their argument. Let me ask you, and I was trying to read into this, and maybe we're looking to, to read too much into this. Though. Uh, a number of the people that did testify, they were eyewitnesses, watched this whole thing unfold on the street. Uh, they knew Chauvin from before. He obviously had patrolled in this neighborhood, and, many, and I guess had had some interactions uh, with many of the people. I guess some good, some bad, as probably is the case in circumstances like that. Uh, how much of an influence might that have had in, in how he responded to what people were saying uh, during the, this whole episode? Well, yeah, there's no doubt that they thought, remember at one point, one of the witnesses the other day said that, and you actually can hear him, I think, in the video, saying to George Floyd, just calm down, calm down. There's no way you can win. Yeah. Right? It's an interesting sentence, right? Calm down, calm down. You know, he's trying to, he realizes the more agitated and stressed out. Also, we see in yesterday's video camera that Floyd told them, told the officers that he's claustrophobic. He didn't just say please don't shoot me. And he didn't just talk about his mom. Who He said, my mom just recently died. He tells them that. And then he says, I'm super, I'm really claustrophobic. And of course, they see him in this really jacked out, uh, you know, potentially drug addicted state. Um, so there's that. On the other hand, the community, look, they're familiar with the white police that patrol there. And Chauvin had a reputation, I don't know if they realized that, but he had a reputation for some abusive tactics. His position is, yeah, that's because I'm small. I'm a small cop. And so I've got to do other things in order to put a guy who's built like a linebacker. They're going to make that argument. The size of Floyd. Uh, By the way, this this happened in the United States with Michael Brown. Remember that? Yeah. Black Lives Matter movement begins um, with Michael Brown. But the argument that he was 
massive of size and heading walking towards them in a belligerent way is why we had to put them in the car and apply all of that physical pressure. And so you're going to see some more of that today. But I think you're right. The, obviously, there's, a, you know, not atypical of inner cities. There's great hostility between the community and the police, especially if the police are white, and especially if the police are known in the past to have engaged in, in abusive physical policing. It's going to be fascinating to see how this rolls out. Another day of testimony, as you mentioned. Uh, Faye, thank you so much for this, as always. Really appreciate the time. Uh, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, I hope. Anytime for you, Bill. Happy Easter. Okay. Yeah, and to you too. Thane Rosenbaum, of course, legal analyst for CBS Radio. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.